0: Seeking Wisdom, this is Maggie in the flesh this time, actually on camera. Um, We have a special episode today because we have these three all-stars in the room, all-stars of Drift, and what we're going to tackle today is how to actually work with engineers, a topic that, as a PM, I hear about constantly from other people in the product community. So before we get started, just introduce yourselves.
1: Hi, I'm Alexa. I'm a senior product manager here at Drift, and I've had the pleasure of working closely with Trevor and Pete. Mm
2: -hmm. I'm Trevor, aka T-Run, uh, Director of Engineering here at Drift.
3: I'm uh, Pete Karl II, some call me PK2, I'm the Lead for Product Efficiency at Drift.
0: All right, so the question that I want to talk about is how I've heard so many times in basically every product event I've ever been to that the question of how does one work with engineers, and I feel like everyone always talks about it as if you're this weird species that we need to like approach. I don't actually believe that that's true. No, we what seriously are, you? are a different species. Yeah. <laughs> like we're trained
3: we're trained by the industry to think of ourselves as a different species, that which is. is kind of funny.
0: And how right. does that like how does that show up in our work?
3: At Drift we untrain that. Mm-hmm. We like teach engineers, some of them, right, who are like hardcore about this other species thing, how to be real human beings again. And I think we work because we don't differentiate. We're just like, hey, you, hey, adult person. Right. do the thing, right?
0: So what, like, how do you guys, to new engineers that join the team, how do you describe the role of engineering here versus product?
3: Well, I think
2: one of the things that we do a little bit different than some other companies is kind of the responsibilities that tech leads have versus product managers. So specifically, tech leads are the DRIs for the actual outcomes of the product at the end of the day, be it the actual usage of the feature, the success of the feature, the reliability of the feature. I think in most companies it would probably be the product manager who's mm-hmm. usually in charge of those metrics, but it, it kind of forces the tech lead specifically, but kind of everyone on the engineering side to have a lot more context about the products that we're building.
1: Yeah. I mean, what I love about that empowerment, though, is that it also comes with a lot of accountability, right? So if a customer comes to Maggie or I, Maggie's mm-hmm. also a product manager, the tech lead is the first person we pull into the call, right? Like you guys, with the power comes all the responsibility of making sure the feature actually works, being on the front lines with the customers. We don't shield you guys from any of that, which I really like.
0: How do you balance that with actually having to produce features? Right, because like, that sounds really nice that the tech lead's responsible for all those different things, but at the end of the day, the tech lead is also a contributing member of a product team. So like, how do you do both those things at the same time?
3: There's two ways to look at that. Like, one is you just be like a good time manager. You know, when you sit down, you do your work. Another way to look at it is drift puts demands on people that they don't get in their other jobs. And I mean that in the best way possible. Like, people maxed out at other jobs have a ton of free time because they just, like, aren't challenged. Mm -hmm. And here, tech leads especially, it's like, no, it's like you're expected to rise to the challenge. you got to do your job and you know, synthesize results and make the product, you know, drive the product forward and be be a, an advocate for your tech people, for infrastructure, all the you know, all this stuff at once. And like, I think we start to approach it at Drift. We push people and mm-hmm. they respond really well.
1: I think it's also about creating the spaces where the team is doing more forward thinking work. And so the way at least on my team, we kind of think about the different work we do. We have the future planning and then the daily execution. And we have kind of created this space around the future planning that we call story time. And so it's a way of introducing our teams to new problems that we're looking to solve and introducing everyone on the team to that context. And so you put that on the calendar Two, three days before, everyone reads up on the context because the product manager posts the one pager. Mm-hmm. And then you enter this space where everybody has room to brainstorm, really absorb those problems. And then when you're outside of that space, you're executing on coming up with a plan, doing the research, shipping the features that you story timed last week, right? So being very deliberate about what phases you are Wait, in. So
2: the deal with story time is we kick off all of our kind of I'm going to say major product features, but a major product feature for us is something on the scale of like a week to a month, let's say. We keep things pretty incremental in that sense. So story time is an opportunity for everybody to get in the room at the kind of inception of that project and to ask a lot of questions. So we have one artifact coming out of story time, which is open questions. And every engineer is, every PM, every designer is expected to come out of that meeting with some open questions, which are the work items that they need to actually check off in order to know that they're able to actually like technically prove that this thing is possible or whatever user research they need to do to verify that this is actually something that's like valuable or the solution that yeah. we are think of is valuable so there's a lot of uh i, I think like concrete action items coming out of that meeting mm-hmm. but it's very high level
3: it's very yeah. yeah Well, it's like it's high level but it like i think story time is just superb like it's just such a it's a thing that we execute on very well compared to how other people get engineers involved in the process yeah. like
0: yeah. I had, wait. I, yeah, I had a question go. from a friend who emailed me the other day oh, yeah. and she said you know she emailed a group of pms and she said when is the right time to bring an engineer into into a project because mm. i don't want to bring them in too early uh, because they're going to go down rabbit holes and they're not going to see, you know, they're going to lose the context and they're trying to go too deep on technical solutions and they're not going to be able to have that sort of higher level conversation. And so it sounds like this is how we've figured out how to solve that problem in some sense. That's what I love about
1: story time. And I'm going to gut check you a little bit because at the beginning of it, you said we bring in like a feature that we're going to start working on. We don't start the story time with features, Mm -hmm. which you know, but it was probably like a miscommunication. He's a martyr. (laughs) We start story times with a well-defined problem, right? And yeah. we bring the team around that problem and we're like given the landscape of learnings that we've made, the infrastructure we've built, like how might we go about solving this problem for our customers? And what I love about the goal of developing open questions is anytime you start to rabbit hole down a, well, like we'd have to build it this way and connect it this way, you say Pause for one second how can we develop this what question could we write down on the board that would help us solve this later so we can stay focused around like other potential ideas
3: well we've got what I think the trigger for story time is this one pager that you mentioned sure. right so mm-hmm. this is our this is our kind of product management document that yeah. states the job that we're trying to get the customer to do right mm-hmm. or trying to help them do and I think that's actually the secret sauce in here, like we've got open questions, but independent of customer pain or a better version of the customer, you're just going to go down rabbit holes, right? Mm -hmm. This provides the kind of directionality we need to be Mm -hmm. at the product level, at the customer level, not at the like, you know, the widget level.
1: Yeah. And that's what I love is we, we focus less on the solution and we focus more on like, what does the customer want? Right? Mm -hmm. A lot of it is. What I think it over, what it corrects a little bit is instead of the product manager being responsible for coming up with what they think might be the solution and introducing mm-hmm. it to the team, the team is the one gut checking, like, is this the right problem? Did we scope it down far mm-hmm. enough?
0: What else have we missed that we should be looking at? Right. But it's not like you guys, when you started here or whatever that you just walked into story time like knowing exactly how to do it. Is that a leading question, mark? No, because I mean, (laughs) I know that in the past I've written specs at other companies where it was like, it was the problem we wanted to solve, but really it was like, this is what I want to be built. The problem I want to solve is to build a reporting dashboard. Exactly. It's like, no. Exactly. So how, like, how did you get to this point?
2: Just thinking back to like that, that first kind of story time that we did, and the thing that actually got us all on the same page is when we, we came up with that. Tagline. It was like,
1: develop open questions.
2: Yeah, well, not develop open questions, but like the actual outcome that we were trying to solve for, which was like, creature prospects with a personalized message on your site. This is
1: a, a project that we worked on probably a year and a half ago. Yeah. Oh, uh, almost a year ago to this almost day. Almost a year ago, yeah. Wow. And
2: I, I think like once we had all had that same story in our mind of like, mm. okay, does the problem that we're actually like putting forth or the solution that we're putting forth solve that problem? Mm hmm we immediately all like refocused on like a much narrower idea and yeah i I, I think like that eliminated a lot of the conflict that we had early on just trying to like butt heads yeah and and, like push our own agenda forward where we really needed to align
0: leadership principle except using that same kind of like tagline approach within your product building
1: yeah but it's it's like all good process is born out of necessity right so Mm -hmm.
0: we like Pete said, we were
1: arguing a ton about, oh, we need to go build this. We need this. This is an important problem to solve. And when we, we had
3: the wherewithal to say that we need to get on the other, we need to get to the, we're arguing to get to the other side of something. We just need to figure out what
1: right. It is. But what's what? All of our spiraling arguments always ended on was wait, what was the problem that we're trying to solve again? And so we realized we needed this like strong simple tagline to latch onto and we try and come out of every single story time with like some hashtag or some one line or that that is simple and repeatable and that everyone can grab onto when they're making decisions in their everyday job absolutely
2: mm-hmm. and you, you carry that tagline all the way down the line yeah I, I think there's another tagline that i really love it's
1: in our some of our press releases too which is like
2: oh awesome. for sure i yeah. just saw it like last week yeah so it's being reused like even a year later which is yeah. cool mm-hmm. There's another tagline that I really love that I think fits really nicely into that process. And I, I think I stole this from like an envision blog post from last year, which is pencils, not pixels. So mm-hmm. early on in the process, you really want to focus on kind of that pencils level, just sketching, wireframing of an idea rather than going straight for the like very specific technical or graphical design. It, Keeps everybody at that kind of high level where you're you're repeating the story back to each other and, and developing those open questions as opposed to going down the rabbit holes. If yeah. you as soon as you start like actually putting together like actual hard designs, mm-hmm. things get like very overspecified very yeah. quickly.
0: How do yeah. you when you're bringing new engineers in? How do you communicate that? Because I think it's really it's really simple to say pencils not pixels, but what even, the heck does it? Yeah, yeah, even <laughs> when you say that, it's like well, I can use a pencil to draw a really specific design.
3: Yeah, I break it down in as simple terms as possible. And I basically say, like, your singular goal here, right, is to synthesize results, not predict, not plan for, not create a roadmap for, right? Your job is to not try to predict what's going to happen, but to create what's essentially an experiment, right? Break your problem down so small that you can execute on it immediately, right? They they just they they plug right into that once they see, oh, Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, what about this? Or don't I have to be concerned about this like weird performance thing? And they like you know start to wig out, and I'm just like, no, child. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just about bucketing all right. of your thinking so that you can focus mm-hmm. 100% on each task you're working on.
1: Yeah. I'll kind of bring back the question that you asked earlier, which was what is the role of conflict yeah. in this? Any new relationship requires conflict early and often, right, to build that trust, to understand how the other person thinks, how they work.
2: And I don't even think it's conflict. I think it's more like disagreement. Uh, in sure. order to like ask a question, you have to be willing to kind of disagree with the status quo that's already out there. Mm-hmm. Yes, and which can be hard. Yeah, for for new exactly. person. Yeah. Yes, and and making a space where everyone's comfortable to disagree enough to ask that question, I think has been something that your onboarding process has actually been very successful at.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I actually do one of the things that I that I just I repeat over and over and over again is not to mistake feedback. For criticism, mm-hmm. like every, you're at drift now, like you are hereby being invested in by everyone around you, and so when people say, "Hey, consider this," "Hey, try this," etc., like I think we're putting a lot of we we model feedback and candor really well everywhere. Yeah. I think maybe they some people are super compatible with responding to that very quickly.
1: But so to bring it back to story yeah. time, what's interesting about always having that tagline up front is the disagreement can always center around. The outcome you're trying to drive the user mm-hmm. towards, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're not disagreeing with somebody's opinion; you're disagreeing with whether or not what they're suggesting will actually
0: create the progress that mm-hmm. you're looking for.
3: Right. It's not. Ha- it's not happening to you. It's happening because of you.
0: Right. But didn't you have a story time, Alexa? You had a story time yeah. where a couple of new engineers or people on your team didn't say anything. Yeah.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's because they weren't. Comfortable, right? Like any new relationship requires that trust, and if you haven't practiced disagreeing before, I mean, Tiran and I are in a fight right now. You might not know it. We had a big argument this morning. He's looking at me.
3: We hugged it out. We hugged (laughs) it out. We hugged it out. They uh, didn't hug it out. I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) Still going. Well, so, I mean, the reason why I appreciate my relationship with Tiran so much is because we disagree constantly, but it is always on this foundation of respect and trust and knowing that the other person is trying to do what's best for our company and our customer, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. not ever personal, right? But it took yeah. us a long time to get to the point where we are today, where we don't think it's personal, right? Mm-hmm. So and-
3: wait, are you saying that the only way to form a long-lasting relationship with an engineer is to just get in like, frequent arguments with them, which somehow lead to like some resolution?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. but let's talk about one-on-ones because yeah. I think those have a such huge a huge role yeah. in how you actually start this relationship. Cause I think it's, again, it's one thing to say, you know, pencils, not have pixels have conflict early and often, but how, right? Cause a lot of people, yeah. I mean, myself included, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm, I don't want to have meetings. I don't yeah. want to have intense personal conversations, but you have to. So one-on-ones I feel like is the structured way to do that. So like, how do yeah. you use, is that what you use to do this?
2: Put yourself in the other person's shoes and figure out exactly what it is that is pressuring them to, to argue mm-hmm. that position. Yeah. Is, it, is it some deep technical knowledge that they have? Did they talk to mm-hmm. a customer? Are they trying to save a customer who's trying to churn?
0: Mm-hmm. Are they Do trying they have to get like a deal done? Do a different done? understanding of one of those, like a different perspective on that yeah. same yeah. fact that you think you both Yeah, share. it's usually that you're missing some key points of their
3: perspective. Do you come yeah. from a long line of, product managers that you have to now, you have to kind of live up to the family, you know? (laughs) Definitely. I mean, bosses putting pressure on
2: you is definitely a real thing. That is, that is a thing that often causes people to do Mm -hmm. things that are out of character for them. Mm -hmm. And the faster you're able to recognize that that's like the basis of their position right now, Mm -hmm. the faster you can actually come to some sort of agreement. It's like, okay, I see where you're coming from now. Let's like move past that and like figure out a solution to that together.
0: Okay, so obviously you guys have formed a really good relationship. I had that awesome interaction with Andrew the other day. I actually had Luke tell me that he wanted to have more one-on-ones because he wanted to be like you guys, um, which was really adorable. What is the Who is the best PM or engineer you've worked with? And you know, what of those behaviors have you sort of brought to this?
2: So the best PM I ever worked with, my first boss actually when I was in college still, and he later became my mentor and he's still a very good friend of mine. But I joined this startup that at that point in time was only three people. And the cool thing about startups at that stage is you get exposed to a lot of different hats. And he brought me onto a lot of customer calls, and we did a lot of early whiteboarding sessions because we were really just figuring stuff out. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I think really took our relationship to the next level is at some point, we actually just started on the weekends getting in front of a whiteboard together and kind of jamming on ideas that Mm -hmm. we thought were cool and, and kind of practicing that storytelling, like. Product or project breakdown process mm-hmm. and the exercise of mm-hmm. actually breaking those problems down and kind of going through the early stages of them mm-hmm. was a really great way to kind of build up a relationship and, and understand what the the context and experience that each of us was bringing yeah. to the table was.
0: It's like you practiced working together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to know how to do that at work though, right? Like that idea of practice at work is something I've been thinking about, and I think PK, you yeah. we were talking about that earlier today. Like mm-hmm. bringing that same sense of repetition and reps and sets but actually doing it without because we still need to ship things i Mm -hmm. think
3: actually like i draw some inspiration from the score takes care of itself which is super bill walsh book you think about it professional athletes are enormously good at introducing practice into their work in professional sports you don't just give an athlete like 40 million dollars and say like go win some championships good luck Right. right i feel like the idea of drills is something that is so important, and I think having all the PMs in a room and saying, "Look at that PM, do this." They're mm-hmm. doing it right. They're doing it super yeah. well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like
1: tape review almost. Yeah, yeah we, we do almost. try and visit each other story times. Yeah,
3: yeah. So those sorts of things, I think, are, are you know they seem like they're the key to to getting this done. Yeah. I joined Drift at about twenty some people, mm-hmm. and I had the pleasure of reporting directly to eliz Torres, our co-founder and cto so et's been through this many many times. I think he's got something like twenty. He, he says twenty years of experience. Uh, often, so he's like, I got ten years on you. <laughs> uh, he really really impressed me in just a few short conversations, a few one on ones. He was able to like surgically and very like tactfully unlock some of that raw engineering like expertise, which was mm-hmm. just kind of like laying around. He did it mostly by helping me see, helping me understand how deliberately my actions should be when I'm when I'm working. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was like, look, look at me. He's like, when I sit down, I have 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes in front of a computer. I have to get I have to ship something. I have to say I need to get something up and out in 30 minutes. What's something I can break down that small? Right. And that kind of discipline caused by the fact that, you know, the whole company is riding on his shoulders and DCs was inspiring for me and and it really it gave me a model to work after, and it was just like it was crazy from that day forward, I really I sat down I said to myself when I sit down I gotta sit down to ship. He knows how to get you like revved up around something. He's like, yeah. okay, what would you do? okay, like uh, people like you were like, um you know you're refactoring this thing how how long has you spend on that? you just you, you put some new buttons on the page you're like it took you four days. Why'd that take you four days? you know but it's not comfortable, it's like two hours right one hundred percent on trial, yeah, but you're not defending yourself. He, you're you're not really on trial. Like, he's he's that's him investing in you yeah, and yeah, shaping your perspective. Yes. And just so how being did you like,
0: figure hey. out that that wasn't him, you know, just sort of messing with you, right? Like, how yeah. did you know that he had your best interest at heart?
3: It was faith. I just had to take it yeah. on mm-hmm. faith. I, I was here to learn, right? I mm-hmm. was here to be invested, in, and I think I just had to remind myself of that. Not to say that there weren't moments where, like, my pride was bruised is, is putting it lightly, mm-hmm. you know? But... Ultimately, that was for my benefit. It was for Drift's benefit. It was for the team's benefit. It was for everyone that I worked on that. I'm going to say fixed. It's still a work in progress for sure.
0: I want to hear one piece of advice that you would give to everyone listening. If you had to help them go back to their teams right now and start to build more productive and better relationships. Fight more.
3: Okay. Right to the point. Can can we? we, (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Can we edit in part of the Mortal Kombat theme? (laughs) <laughs> dun, 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 dun,
1: dun. Okay. No, seriously, don't be scared to disagree. And the mm-hmm. more you do it, the more comfortable everyone around you is going to be with disagreeing with you, and then you'll build better products together.
3: On top of that, I would encourage everyone to have a conversation with someone that has nothing to do with work, right? Mm-hmm. The two of mm-hmm. you are going to work together in very close quarters, and you don't have time to experience months and months and months of working together to build up a rapport and i think the best way to supercharge that is to just go out have a conversation yeah learn where each other came from how you got into the business like introduce a little vulnerability into it and you will fast forward that rapport building and that helps
0: awesome well thanks guys i really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast
3: yeah no it's problem this is fun
0: yeah thanks Now we can go back to um, having constructive conflict with each other. (laughs) Shipping.
3: Shipping.